Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 127. So what do you reckon to the new shirts? I like them. I think they're all right. Um, my wife did say that I look like a chef this morning when I asked her what she thought. You know, she's always very honest. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite a fan. But let me know if you don't like them, if it's too shiny or something. And uh, we'll go back to the t-shirts. <laughs> So this week we had some fantastic uh, questions come in. I can't really wait to get started with them. So I'm just going to jump straight in. Um, for those that aren't aware, this is the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. We talk about, uh, we just, this is sort of a customer service podcast with just where we answer people's questions from the course uh, and also just teach a bit of Chinese every now and then, give our own insights into Mandarin learning and uh just Chinese culture, because Phil and I both live in China, and we have done for many years. So people, people tend to find uh, some of our points of view useful on the subject, I suppose, not just Mandarin language, but also Mandarin culture. And that's probably going to come up a couple of times today, because I had a brief look at the questions and emails that came through. Uh, so let's get started with Robert Carver. He's a lifetime member of MB. And he sent in a rather interesting question that's related to my last podcast a couple of weeks ago where uh, I referenced the idea of Chinese and, uh, well, basically languages having certain things that they're made for or, or certain characteristics that make them good at certain things, and maybe less good at other things. He says, question for Luke Orfield. In a recent podcast, Luke was talking about the challenge of translating a joke into Chinese. And in the process, he mentioned that French is a great language for swearing and English is a great language for telling jokes. So I'm curious, what do you feel Chinese is able to do really well that it is more difficult to do in English? So Phil already responded to this on the forum um, with his idea is that uh, Chinese is much better uh, as a categorical language. So you have characters which are chunks of meaning. There are morphemes. So like, um, like uh, ED, for example, meaning it, as in as in uh, the passive, or um, un, un, meaning not, for example. There's, and they're, they're like these chunks of meaning that are fitted, fitted together. And when you're, this is great for um, accessing the language. Uh, so if, you, if you're reading words you've never seen before, so for example, Ija gave a great example that's related to this, uh, anatomy. Uh, so there's lots, there's very complicated words in English. The reason why they're complicated is because they're based on Latin or other ancient sort of influences on the language. Whereas Chinese doesn't have that. It's just Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. And there's, when they make up a new word or they they name a new thing in Chinese, they do it very logically. Uh, and it's, so you, if I'm, I can actually read Chinese or listen to someone talk, speaking Chinese or hit, you know, and uh, talking about a new word even on a subject I'd have no chance. If someone said esophagus in English and I'd never heard the word esophagus, I didn't know what it was, there'd be no way I could guess it, um, especially not from listening, uh, maybe from, you know, certainly not from reading unless I had a background in <laughs> medieval Latin. Um, but with Chinese, it's shi guan. You know, I thought it was a great example because shi means food and guan means pipe, tube. So it's like, it's just immediately obvious. And that's, that's rampant throughout the entire language. You know, it's not like it's a, that's, I'm just pick, cherry picking an example there. Um, so that is the main difference, I would say. Chinese is, it gets to the jing sui. Jing sui means the essence of meanings very well. And almost uh, clinically, like very logically. Um, 
but at the same time, like, and some some might say, yeah, but what about the romance of like romance languages and um, the the uh, you know? But if you look at um, Chinese poetry, for example, it, it it's also incredibly efficient. So, for example, you see like a four line poem. I can't remember, but there's a certain name for it. But basically, Gu Shi, like ancient poems, like Tang Dynasty, I believe. Tang Dynasty is like where they originated. I'm just that's my idea of I've got in my mind, but probably wrong but anyway old chinese poems they tend to have like four characters per line and it's just uh, i don't know how many lines exactly uh, but it's those four characters per line convey so much meaning as you're as you're reading it and so they're very jian lian as well they get to the jing sui and the jian lian jian lian is basically succinct so it has a lot of meanings a lot of meaning with very few characters conveyed so it's a very efficient language in that in that in that fashion um, so you know, there's lots. There's a couple of, of answers, but I think generally that's the the gist. That's how I'd answer that question. Um, and generally, yeah, you know, it's a it's a personal preference. Um, for anything else, like maybe you ask ten people, you get ten different answers <laughs> about what Chinese is good for. But that's that's my answer and Phil's answer and Aegis as well. So thanks for that, uh, Robert. And please let us know, guys, if you have any other. Uh, questions like that we love we love getting questions like that because uh, it makes us think too the next question I've got here is from Christopher Thompson on vocab unlocked for zu, which means to rent he says I'm happy I finally got to this character so that I finally know all the components of a word I've encountered many many times since I started studying Chinese here's the thing every other time I've seen or heard used the verb associated with it is as in we can sit, literally ride the taxi to go to the park. That's how they say it. Now, in the example above, I see Is there any real or even subtle difference between these two verbs and how they're used in conjunction with a taxi or other form of transportation? Just curious. So this is a good question, and it's exactly the same as zuo. So cheng means to ride, and it's associated with any any piece of any piece of transport, any uh, form of transport. There you go that you would actually ride. So buses, uh, cars, coaches, uh, trains, cheng cheng anything that you sit on and get taken, or um, and uh, people that are the sitters, the riders are the passengers, the cheng ke. So the only times I've ever heard cheng, so this is the main difference, is over the loudspeaker. Cheng ke ni hao. Cheng ke nin hao or nimen hao. It's basically a very formal way of saying ride or passenger. So that's where, in fact, that's the only situation I've ever heard it, I think, that I can recall, um, is the uh, in the train station or the underground, the subway, is is uh, that... Um, the audio that comes over the speakers when they're making announcements. So it's a very formal version of that uh, word. Zuo, of course, in normal speech, please just use zuo. If you use cheng, it wouldn't make it just it would come across as quite strange. Jason Pon on jie in context. So this is our structure of the course now. We've recently made this change where at the beginning of every level, there's 57 levels, you'll learn all the characters and just words individually that are associated with that level that you unlock and then at the end of the level uh, you get all of the, these words 
in context or any characters that are also words in context of sentences. And we try to give you at least, well, we do give you at least one sentence per usage because a sentence is really all you need. A good sentence, when I say a good sentence, I mean a sentence that's long enough to get context where you can't just replace the word you're trying to learn with anything else. So for example, this apple is big. Well, it could be anything is big, right? It has to be like, you know, it has to be a sentence that has enough meat to it where you couldn't just randomly exchange the word. Um, and that it doesn't also, of course, which is our kind of our, uh, our thing is what we do is make sure that sentences are comprehensible with very little you don't understand in the sentence. If not zero, you don't understand. So those two factors are very important. Um, and so that's basically what, what you get. You get a ton of sentences. And this is one of the sentences for jie, which means to borrow or lend, um, depending on how you use it, which I've kind of answered all the question already, haven't I? Jason says, can this sentence, 我借你几千块, mean both I'll lend you a few thousand and I'll borrow a few thousand from you without context? Or would the latter be said a bit differently? Yeah, so usually, uh, maybe if it's been spoken very colloquially, it could mean both. Um, I don't want to make a, a judgment on that right now, but I would say that 我借你几千块 is lend because of the 我借你, 我借你, I'll lend uh, uh, to you. If you're going to say, can I, because borrow is, is a question, right? <laughs> It'd have to be a question. So I suppose it would be contextually different. So you say, 我能借几千块吗? I guess it could be a suggestion as well, you know, quite a bit more forceful if you're close to friends. So whether it's lend or borrow, we don't have separate words in Chinese really. It's just where is the where are the pronouns in the sentence? And it does make a lot of sense. Actually, you don't really need to think about it too much, right? Because this means I'm lending to you. I'm borrowing from you. Okay, so I just I just put an example sentence there, and I thought I'd just elaborate on this a little bit. So, for example, here there's another way that you can use this. So, there's several ways you could say, 借我几千块, or 借一下,我能借一下你那本书吗? Uh, can I borrow 借一下? So, it's just a way of softening it, isn't it? You guys know what 一下 means by now. You can also say 借给 or 借用, depending on what you're actually borrowing. 你借给我, or 我可以借用 你的自行车吗? Can I borrow your bike to use it briefly? Yeah, so those are the sort of main ways I've seen jie used in my experience. Um, and so, of course, the example sentence here, 请把你的书借给我一下. Please take your book and lend it to me. 一下, like soften that, you know, make that sound nicer. So there's a ton of different ways you can use jie. And all of the examples I gave you can be used pretty much interchangeably um, for, with slight variation depending on what you're borrowing. Okay. So you wouldn't say, 借用钱, right? Because you, although you would technically be using money, it's it's a tool, isn't it? It's not really a, a thing. Like a, it's a, you wouldn't say, 我借用你五千块, you just say, 借五千块. But with a bike, for example, it's something you are specifically using. It's like a, a thing that you're riding. Okay, so uh, there are slight differences, but generally you can't really, it's tough to go wrong with these. So hopefully that helps there, Jason. The next one here is uh, Heather Renfrew. She's a new member. She says, hi, I'm Heather and I'm 44 years old. I live in Fulton, New York. 
I'm a machine operator in a factory that makes food packaging. I've always had a love for Chinese culture, although only from American perspective. I watched The Untamed during a lockdown binge with Netflix, and I was so struck by this story that I had a net translation of the book it is based on. Watch the animated version and watch the special version of the live action. During all of this, I noticed how different the translations were for each network that was showing the episodes. So I watched it on ITE, Viki, Netflix, and Tencent's YouTube page. They all use volunteers for subs. It's not something that is universal. Anyway, I started teaching myself Mandarin because I realized how much I love Chinese dramas and music. I wanted my own understanding, not someone else's interpretation. That's a great reason to get started. I'm a little bit of a control freak, LOL. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever, whatever sparks your interest, that's the important thing. I paid for and used all kinds of products and apps before I found MB. I have many bad habits to correct. I'm super excited about my level of understanding based on only my completion of the pronunciation course. Yes, learning proper pronunciation really, if you've already got a foundation in Chinese, really unlocks a lot of stuff. Um, uh, immediately almost as well, that's, that's a great feeling. I'm looking forward to starting the actual method course. Being part of an online community is a new concept for me. I have only really used the internet for paying bills and emails. 2020 has changed the world for all of us, I guess. I can't wait to participate with all you guys. P.S. <laughs> if you're interested in the novel The Untamed, it's based on, I believe it is called Mao Dao Zhu Shi. I don't know how what the tones are on that. It is adult literature. Be aware, there are a couple of very naughty chapters. Well, thanks for the warning. Um, but yeah, again, whatever sparks your interest. This is often a really... Um, this is often a really uh, common starting reason to start Chinese. Your goals will almost certainly change and develop. Not necessarily, not necessarily you won't be interested in the content. In fact, that's hardly likely at all. But you'll, you'll add new goals and reasons for keeping going. And, and usually that's building real life connections with Chinese people uh, from what I've seen. So great to have you with us, Heather. And I, you notice, I noticed you already gave us a, a review as well. So thanks for that. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing how you're going to progress, which I'm sure will be great. Next, here's Corinna on Kan Shu, as in to read in context. I just wanted to say that this new approach with the sentences at the very end of the lesson, which is what I've already explained to you, is a kind of a game changer for me. I feel like I can really understand and recall the words and sentences better now. Well, that's great to hear. After already learning the individual words first, having reviewed the words for a while before jumping into sentences really helps. So thanks for the change. Thank you for taking the time to just validate us on that because we, all make, we always make all sorts of changes to the course. Um, most most of the time, especially because we have so many members now, they're based on your feedback. But sometimes it's just based on our intuition. You know, either Phil or myself has an idea. We're like, oh, I think we should try this, and we try it, and we don't know if it works until uh, we get messages like this. So, thanks for that. Please uh, keep them coming, everyone. <laughs> Let us know if something's working, or if, more importantly, if it's not. Uh, and we'd love to hear about it. Another one from Heather here on a Unit 5 wrap-up. She says, here's a problem I'm having while learning. I find that I'm often breathless and slobbery. <laughs> it makes me either chop through or rush through sentences. With English, I know where I can pause and swallow or take a breath. How can I keep from sounding like a Mandarin-speaking Captain Kirk? That's a new one for me. I've never heard that. Um, Mandarin-speaking Captain Kirk. Um, and you're probably not going to like my answer very much. I give this answer a lot. <laughs> but basically, you need more input. That's, and you know, shadowing will help as well. There's a shadowing is basically listening and reading and speaking out loud at the same time. 
uh, which is quite intense, but it's very effective. I'm gonna release a video on it very soon. Hopefully, uh, we've got a bunch of videos in the pipeline. Our video editor is kind of like a bit overwhelmed at the moment. So it's a bit more, a bit of a delay on that shadowing video that I mentioned last time, but uh, they should be out within a week or two, hopefully. hopefully. Um, so that's, but yeah, essentially you just, you just started and you're gonna be slobbery uh, and breathless and you're not gonna understand where to pause and where to, st where to, where to sort of add intonation. Yes, Chinese does have intonation. Um, and it's just going to take take time. But how you can speed this process up is uh, keep learning characters and vocabulary, keep reading and listening. Well, you're not actually at the stage of the course yet where you're reading and listening to sentences, but you did say you already had a foundation. So maybe you can actually read to some level. So, but reading and listening is the key to that. Reading, listening to real content. You know, the content on our course, uh, we, we make sure that our native speakers speak in a way that is not like a radio advert in Chinese, but it's as real as possible. That's why everyone likes, you know, Jerry and Annie, because they speak, you know, we often speak like real people, real people. So, uh, but, um, you know, listening to Chinese podcasts and things like that, it's also a very good one. So Chinese pod, slow Chinese is a cool one. Pop up Chinese. They're just packed with tons of great audio stuff. So. Uh, but yeah, there's no rush, you know, depending on your level, I guess, if you're if you are a beginner ish, then uh, you've got a while before you'll be able to get that grasp of that level of the language where to pause and things like that. But one thing, one more thing I'll add on this just came to mind is fillers, fillers. So uh, filler words or filler sounds, I guess, call them brain farts in English, you know, essentially saying, you know, what well, I just literally just did it, you know, like, uh, well, uh, as well, you know, they have these in Chinese, and there are four, maybe five main ones. Let me see if I can remember them off the top of my head. So, uh, uh is a sound, a very common sound. Uh, so instead of going um or ah, uh, you say uh, uh with the first tone. And, uh, 就是,就是,就是, or 这个,这个, or 那个,那个, or um, there's one more, 然后,然后. Uh, I think those are like the five big ones. 然后这个就是那个怎么说呢? Uh, you know, 怎么说呢? You know, so six, I guess. You add these in the middle. Just you don't have to worry too much. You can just pepper them in, especially 这个 and 那个. That's the, I guess that would be the most common because that has two functions. One is uh, gives you a bit more time, right? Uh, and at the same time, it makes you sound like a native because native people just like we do it with English or our native languages, we always go, uh, you know, like, um, uh, what's that guy's name? You know, like we, we, we give ourselves a little bit of extra time to gather our thoughts. Uh, so the cool thing about that is if you, if you sound like a native speaker, you use, instead of just going, uh, what do you call it again? Like in English or, um, oh, what's it? What's it, you know, saying stuff in English. If you say stuff in Chinese, they're used to that. Native speakers are used to hearing that, so they will give you the chance or more of a chance to finish, and they won't interrupt you as much. <laughs> that's pretty clear. That's pretty... So it's very useful. And uh, rely on that heavily in your early days. I still rely on it all the time, massively, uh, as I'm talking. Um, so you get to, yeah, get a bit more time to gather your thoughts, and you sound still fine as well. You sound like, oh, it's just a normal native speaker, waiting, get, gathering his thoughts. So I hope that helps. Um, 
Uh, now, now I'm doing it. I'm, now I'm focused on my ums and ahs. Oh, great. Thanks a lot. Andrew Osborne on Shanghai, Shanghai in context, against that stage of the level where it was starting to introduce sentences. He says, I had to suspend level 13 sentences when I got there. For me, I needed to continue with Anki word recognition for another two weeks. It was just too much of a jump, noting that I had not given my movies enough time to set. At this point, I'm reading quite happily at this level and amazed, proud even, at myself at being able to read like a four-plus-year-old. Yeah, awesome. You should be proud of yourself. Also, your timing of encouragement has been perfect. Doubt at one's inability to get this to gel has crept in. Then the next video comes along and says, that's exactly me. And that's there's the encouragement I needed. You're 100% spot on with this course. Fantastic. Again, it's the same as what I said earlier. Thanks for that kind of feedback, Andrew. Yes, it's challenging. And I, I would I don't know exactly 100% because I can't get in in the members shoes because I'm not a beginner learner using this course, right. But I would say that's probably that's got to be the toughest transition of the course, you know, we transition you from pronunciation to components to characters to words to sentences. And that transition from words to sentences has got to be the toughest one. Um, it's overwhelming. You're used to individual pieces of information, then suddenly you're stringing it all together. So one card, essentially, if you think about it, because you're used to individual words, individual characters, and then suddenly you get hit with a sentence with 10 or more characters. It's like 10 cards at the same time. You know, so it's kind of tough. Uh, very tough, you know. Uh, but that goes quickly. I, I will add that on. Um, if you keep if you pursue through this, because we've interviewed so many people now, we know that this is a very fleeting phase. You have to keep pushing through uh, the, the, if to consolidate your knowledge by practicing and uh, keeping that consistent practice, even if it's 10 minutes a day, ideally more, ideally at least 30 minutes to an hour. But um, it maybe it will last like a week or something, a couple of weeks max, and then you'll, you'll it will become much more comfortable. But you have to keep going with it. No zero days. Next is Roland Koffler on uh, casting call. This is where we get get you to choose a a person from your life in some area of your life to represent the opinion initial R in this case. He says, "What if I pick myself? I'm Roland. It begins with an R, and I have a vivid image of myself. Yeah, I'm wondering if it interferes in some way with the Mandarin blueprint technique, for example, because I need to observe the movie." scenes and should not be a part of it or is there a future actor where you want to put your students in just let me know i would say just in general to those of you using the method i would save yourself as like the neutral person that can be in any scene uh, from the third person because you'll obviously you'll always be in every single scene from the first person because you're the camera your eyes are the camera you're seeing what's going on but you might want to bring yourself in um, as like an extra to give it an extra pair of hands. Um, but that's just a general suggestion. We never, almost never give you 100% dogmatic, you must do this or must not do this. Uh, we always just get it because, and that flexibility that we've given you has led to a lot of creativity that's improved the course and the methods. So, uh, but generally we say no, but if you want to make yourself an R actor, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no to that. Um, uh, like, what do you call it? Emphatically. There you go. I've been I've been working on my English vocabulary. Andrew Clapham on Rugo, as in if, in context. He says, oh, this is just a cool question I thought I'd just uh, add in the podcast because this one, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good little snippet of knowledge. Uh, he says, curious what's up with the repetition in this sentence. 
你们就可以去约约会，吃吃饭。Right, so 约会 means date, and 吃饭 means to eat a meal. But why is he saying or she <coughs> saying 约约会 Why they're repeating the first one and 吃吃饭 And and Andrew rightly correctly assumes it's because it's being cutesy. It's kind of what it is, and it's kind of a. And I, I always double check these sorts of things、um, with my wife just to make sure, because obviously I build up a vast knowledge of Chinese and just listening and reading every single day for like five years or something. But I can be wrong, you know. I want to make sure that if I'm sharing information with you guys, I always double check, you know, because I'm not a native speaker.、And、I checked with my wife, and she said yes, and I said, "Is it more like female? It feels more of a female thing, like a thing that a girl might would, would do more than a guy." She thought about it, and she said. Yes, as well. It's more, it's more female. It's more niang, more sort of feminine. But there is a situation where men would use this, and men do use these sorts of、uh, duplications. Where if a guy, so if a guy said this kind of thing, say, "Away out to yue yue hui, chu chu fat." Right? If he said it, it means he's being sort of naughty, mischievous. So, kind of in this context, he's saying. I might. I think I might get lucky tonight. You know, I'm gonna go and meet this girl. Gonna chitchat some van, and you know, so it's, yeah, it's cute, but it's sort of naughty, mischievous, sort of cute. You know, so、um, <laughs> yeah, so that it, it it works with both genders, I suppose. Roland Koffler on Unit Nine. He says,、uh, "Thank you. I'm still struggling a lot with ZH, CH, or Z or C." The, we call these minimal pairs, yes. So even with the minimal pairs deck, he says it's impossible for me to distinguish the sounds. Impossible. First of all, that's I didn't I didn't know because I actually already answered、uh, as myself or Phil always do. We always answer as soon as possible in text format or with the with a screen share video. But、uh, and that's why I, I didn't actually notice this the first time. Really, he said it's impossible for me to distinguish the sounds.、Um, I understand. You know, maybe English is not your first language. So I don't want to be. I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. But maybe you didn't mean this, but you know that's a very negative sort of word. It's not impossible. It's just right now, it's really tough. <laughs> it's really tough, uh, but uh, it's completely possible、uh, with a bit of practice. And by the way, you know, I I'm not going to say that people have. Everyone is equally good at language learning. That's not true.、Um, or it's just like saying my art teacher, one of my art teachers, you say, oh, everyone can draw. Like, yeah, technically, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to like. Um, BS you basically, but、uh, it, it's harder for some. Certain things are harder for some people than others, but it's certainly not impossible. Okay, he says I asked my Chinese teacher, but her mapping to similar initials in my native. Oh, and there you go. Sorry, yeah, native language German do not help. So forgive me if I'm uh, uh, wrong, but I'm assuming you, you meant we have no emphasis on pronunciation in the Chinese class, so I won't dig further here. I researched the web, but the suggestions there do not help. I finally used browse preview function to yes in Anki to switch between cards like Tuan and Zuan with headphones, and I'm a little desperate now. With some goodwill, I can say that Zuan is a bit harder than Tuan, but I fear I'm just explaining it away. And under normal conditions, I would never distinguish it. Can you help me find a key to this situation? Yeah, so I had the same problem. I have like、uh, you know that's one of my strong points is is pronunciation. I have really good pronunciation. I'll just say that flat out. But I had big problems with some of these. I had like、uh, Q I N and Q I N G. Oh my days! I could not. It took me ages to figure that one out. Like Qin and Qing is such a subtle difference for me,、uh, and I was really stressed out about it.、Um, I think that was the main one. There might have been a couple of other minimal pairs.
um, that were bothering me. But one, this is uh, one thing that actually I forgot to say when I answered your question, Roland, uh, on the platform was, um, so first of all, I just said, you need more practice, right? You need more input, get used to the language, which is true. But another thing that I forgot to mention, which is really important, because I've been asked this question tons of times, I always say this, but for some reason, I forgot to say it with you, which is this problem solves itself really well. For like, the majority of this problem goes away once you start to increase your vocabulary past a certain point. <laughs> because once you have reached a level of understanding, not just your vocabulary, but you've seen words in context, you know, you're starting to get an understanding, a grasp of grammar, maybe after you've finished the foundation course, like phase five of our course, at least. And you've reviewed everything as we've asked you to do regularly and stuff, you'll start to get a sense of the language. And you'll know that something is ZH, even if or, or CH, you'll know, because, oh, well, of course, it was, um, uh, I don't know, of course, it was, uh, it wasn't tall because that doesn't make any sense in this context. Um, okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll use that those sounds as an example. So, I'm looking for my shoes. Maybe you heard, I'm frying my shoes, right? That's, doesn't make, that's obviously not tall. Um, so, or even if, you know, tall, like uh, I'm, I'm second tone, right? So, yeah, this is the third tone. So I'm messing up my own tones now. But you get the idea, right? Because of the context and my knowledge of these words, I, it cannot be that one. So my brain automatically goes to ZH. So that, I say, it was, a, it was a big game changer for me when I started reading sentences. Uh, so that's what you've got to look forward to. So do not stress about this. It will naturally go away. <laughs> Just keep progressing through the course, okay? So um, but yeah, let us know if you have any other trouble. I'll try and uh, answer as best I can. Al Burley on dong, which means uh, well, a few things, uh, but uh, it could mean to plant, fourth tone, dong. Or it could mean uh, seed. Uh, no, by itself, it means um, type or kind of thing. At this point, I find myself understanding the meaning of the characters on the page quicker than I can recall the pronunciation for each character. Should I, one, deduce the meaning as quickly as possible, even if I didn't really understand it in Chinese, I, as in, I just know that dong equals type. Well, that's under don't know if I quite understand that because you can understand the meaning of what's being said, like the message of that sentence without referring to a textbook, sorry, a dictionary, then you've understood that sentence in Chinese. Um, but let me just reread it and just double check. Uh, so number one, deduce the meaning as, as quickly as possible, even if I didn't really read it in Chinese. See, I know what, I just know that Zhong equals type. I think, do you mean like you're translating? into English. Uh, but generally, generally, if you get the message of the sentence, you've successfully read that card, you can move on. That's the minimum you need to do. So let's look at number two, read each sentence out loud in my head or in my head, and recall the pronunciation from my memory palaces as is often required to make the full connection of Zhong type. Yeah, don't worry about that. We've mentioned this a few times as well. Uh, people hold themselves to a very high standard sometimes when doing the cards, you know, you want because you want you want to you want to make the fastest progress possible, right? So you think, oh, okay, what I'll do is I'll I'll read every sentence and I'll really focus on each sentence and I'll I'll uh, make sure that I can read out loud with great pronunciation, put in uh, spot on tones, every character in that sentence, and then I'll move on. That's a really good idea 
if you have the time and energy to do that. But if you, I would say you don't have to do that, right? The minimum you need to do is, like I said, understand what's in front of you and then you can move on and feel, don't feel any guilt about doing that whatsoever because you'll eventually, uh, and you're, you know, you're learning the characters individually. Um, what can be good with sentences though, is it, if you focus on the pronunciation, is that you'll, you'll really um, fix any bad habits that come with not noticing doyins. You'll, you'll know how to properly pronounce doyins, as in doyins, as in multiple sound characters. So characters with different pronunciations in certain in different contexts. So that's one benefit you'll get is from listening to the audio and make sure that you've got your matches with your idea of the pronunciation as well. So because doyins can trip a lot of people up later on. Uh, but other than that, you know, that's, that's still not a huge deal. You're still just because you don't focus on the pronunciation of every single sentence doesn't mean that you'll, you'll then you won't get doyins at all. You'll just maybe get it cement that a bit later on. That's fine. So overall, it depends on your depends on your time and energy. It's not essential. So feel free. Don't feel any guilt whatsoever. Just skipping over the pronunciation. As long as you get it, move on. Uh, just as you know, you'll do because once you start shadowing in phase four and five and beyond, you're reading out loud as you're listening. That's a key component. That's a key sort of uh, method method to improving your well every aspect except for writing really. Um, once you start to do that, then you can you know you can focus more on the pronunciation side of things. Just a quick one here from John Nomura. Uh, as in a thing, he said, He says, is this talking to you about your profession? Like, as in, what are you? Like, what do you do? And I had to, <laughs> I was just like, no, John, no, don't do that. Don't say, right? Because um, uh, that does not mean talking about your profession. Like, what do you do? That means literally, like, you can imagine, like, looking someone up and down with disgust, saying, what are you? You know, So it's very rude. <laughs> So it's similar to the sort of insulting question that Chinese people would ask. It's like, Are you a Are you a human? Uh, like, I could just imagine that. Um, so yeah, watch that one. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, you've got, you've got another tool for you, for everyone listening here. You've got a tool to use um, when you, whenever, if you know, if you see someone spitting in a bus or something. <laughs> but still, be very careful with it. Another one from Heather here. Uh, I thought a lot of you would benefit from this because especially if you're early in your study because uh, it's a very it's a very easy thing to get a, you know to misunderstand about pinyin so heather says i'm a little confused with this group of nasal finals which are un as in like umlaut un yun yun uh xi xun yun jun and chun, those four sounds, so J, Q, X, and Y. And she says, I'm a little confused with this group of nasal finals. Uh, oh, nasal finals, yeah. Are you pronouncing the Y or not? Did I miss something? And I, well, technically, yes, you did, you know, but it's easy to miss because uh, remember the three categories um, of sort of, I can't remember if, if there's an actual name for them, but uh, W, uh, Y, and umlaut U. Uh, they're kind of this. The, the these initials are kind of uh, illusory. They, they, so uh, W it, W U is ooh. There's no W. 
It's not, it's not actually going whoa. You're not going whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just ooh, like oh, 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 right? That's basically what it is. Ooh, ooh. Um, and uh, why, why I, that's another one, sorry. Why I is E, E, Y, I. You're not going ye, as in like ye ha, right? And then there's a third one, which is this one, which is the umlaut U, uh, which is U, spelt Y, U. Right, sometimes when it's on its own, um, or when it's with this one, like yun qi, yun qi. So really, what this is, is not yun, like yu, yu, you know, don't try and say, it does sound like it sometimes, um, but don't try and say yu, yun qi, right? Like you're saying, it, all it is, is that yu, umlaut yu, and yun, yun. Um, or yun, sorry, yun is more, is more appropriate. So it's yun, yun, yun qi, yun qi. So you're not really going, you're not, yeah. So it's kind of tough to explain because it's just a unique thing about, with pinyin and Chinese. But the answer, the short answer is no, you're not pronouncing that Y in the traditional sort of English sense, just like you aren't pronouncing the W uh, in wu and you aren't pronouncing the Y in YI. Okay, so <laughs> hopefully that's clear. But uh, the, in the unit one of pronunciation mastery, uh, I talk about this in, in uh, with visual aids as well, so it makes it a little bit clearer than what I just said. So the next question here is from Jonathan Glazier, uh, who asked a question about Tao Yen, or specifically the character Tao. Um, and we use the we use the definition of coax to coax something, to draw something out, um, which is a completely valid definition of the character. But Jonathan checked. Pleco or Pleco, and he said you couldn't see any definition of coax, and everything from discuss or study through to invite and send armed forces. And Phil gave him a very uh, sort of detailed answer. I'm going to use sort of the words, example words that Phil used here, because I think it's very worth sharing to everyone. They're very worth, very much worth sharing with everyone. So characters have multiple meanings and if you look at a, some characters have tons like it's crazy how many meanings it's like how can one character have so many meanings well it depends on the context that it's used in as in it's depend what depends what other words it's paired with but what you'll find is that as long as it's not a doyenzu as long as it's the same pronunciation um it does have multiple meanings but um it's the meanings are often related so we use this example of Tao and some of the compound words that it's combined with. These are all very common. You can see the examples on screen here. And you can see how Tao sort of plays into this. Uh, and yes, it's like it's sometimes it's not obvious from the surface. So you look at the first word here, Tao Lun. Literally, to discuss uh, Lun, I, I mean, theory would be sort of, I guess, one of the definitions of Lun. Um, like a point, as in a theory, a point of view, a uh, debate point, I suppose, argument, things like that. Um, it can mean a few different things. I didn't, I should have checked the dictionary probably before I <laughs> started uh, ranting about this. So, Tao uh, Lun, to discuss. So what does Tao do there? Well, if you break it down, Tao does mean coax. Tao used to coax sort of theories out of each other. It's a Tao Lun out of each other. So that's kind of a, it's not just speaking, it's not just, you know, having a chat. You're actually, um, it, again, like what I said in the very beginning of the podcast, Chinese getting to the essence of a meaning of a word through the characters. Um, so this is a bit more of a serious word. When you say, you don't say, um, 
let's go and uh, Taolun about the football game the other day. <laughs> I guess you could, I suppose. Uh, you know, because a lot of people do have theories about that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm trying to say that when it's a very relaxed idea, just having a chat, you wouldn't usually say Taolun. You'd say Taolun for like, um, more of a formal setting, I suppose, or more more of a serious topic. Tao Yen is the word that was actually here, which is which is which this lesson was based on. Yen is disgust or uh, dislike, um, and to Tao. So if someone can actually be Tao Yen, ni hen Tao Yen, ni hao Tao Yen. So you're very Tao Yen. You coax disgust out of people. You know, so. That Tao is is clear there, isn't it? Like what function that's playing in that word. And Tao Hao is a good one. So Tao Hao. So uh, I want to Tao Hao my Lao Ban. <laughs> I want to Tao Hao my boss. So you literally, I'm going to coax the Hao out of him. Or, you know, um, maybe I want to coax a, a good opinion out of him, of me. Maybe that's not exactly the, but you, that's the, the general gist. You can just see it once you know the character's meanings. Tao Fan, I want to, uh, that's to beg essentially. So I want to, to to beg specifically for food, of course. So I want to I want to coax food out of people. I want to tao that tao jiao, tao jiao. So tao jiao means to uh, ask uh, for advice. So jiao is to teach or that, that sort of area. Teach is actually a first tone jiao, but it has that that essence as so you're coaxing that out of them, and then tao jia to ask um, for a price. And, but this uh, that's not actually a very common one. Tao jia huan jia is more common means to haggle. So you're coaxing the price out of someone. You're sort of taking the price. Coax this price and then huan jia. Means, huan means to return, to give back. So tao jia huan jia. So it's like a back and forth. That's the idea of haggle, right? So generally, this is why we take one meaning of the character, which is use the most common meaning and how we decide that sometimes it's not always really easy and cut and dry but generally what are the most words that this character is used with this definition in and and we also weigh it up against how common these words are and therefore we give the the character the definition of coax because it's it has that meaning in all of these different words but you could say it also has other meanings for sure um which also which for those that are affected by <laughs> those are those those meanings that, that the individual character is given is affected by the final meaning of compound words that it is used in right so uh that's why it's not really that useful to learn multiple definitions of a character it's much more useful to learn say one definition and then see it in the context of of words and maybe you see it used in a different way it's not it's not coax or it seems a bit different and then maybe you'll you'll learn that that character has that layer to it but generally um, when you see this, don't don't be put off. Don't be uh, uh, don't be intimidated by that. You know, um, just go with the flow and try and analyze it. Try and see see the other compound words that it's used in, and try and see that relationship. And if you can't, no worries. You can just, you just always make it up with a mnemonic. Um, but yeah, it's a great question, and uh, thanks for that, Jonathan. Next is uh, Robert. I'll make a movie for twin, which means inch. And he says, I was confused as an inch is an imperial measure in the USA or the UK, but China uses centimeters. So I looked it up and it seems that some dictionaries say it's a bit bigger than an inch. 33.3 millimeters is bigger than 2.5 millimeters. Is there some more history or China specific uses to this measure word? So I actually looked these up and uh, 
yeah, the magic of Baidu comes in handy again because uh, this is this is something to look forward to once you guys actually get uh, foundation in reading because you can start looking these questions up yourself and Baidu is just a fountain of knowledge specifically if you're looking for in anything in the area of China. So after a quick search, Tun is actually yeah, it's different from uh, the 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 inch that we're familiar with. From what I could tell, it's actually smaller. But maybe I maybe I misunderstood that part. There's a there's a website converter that I found that can Chinese the USA inch is actually one point three times the size of the Chinese inch according to what I saw. But maybe I I was looking at the wrong thing. Uh, but anyway, the in terms of like the actual. Uh, history behind it it's just to do with chinese medicine so i pasted the the bit below uh, from from baidu so let's have a look at it here qi han yi so the the meaning within it this is your shoulder your palm is here or it's this area here specifically but i guess it also means sort of here that's the sort of point i believe um i had a picture as well just to make sure and then Li Zhang Gen, so distance from here one twin, so which is three point three, uh, whatever measurement it is, it's to do and this line here, so an inch from the Zhang Gen is where you measure the pulse, so a Chinese inch from that, and that's that's the measurement, that's how they they measured that. Um, so some more information in there. Uh, let's have a little look. Oh, so this is the last little, the last sentence of this paragraph, for example, has a little. Uh, nugget that's quite interesting here. So that same distance, um, well, they say, so basically people say, you know, it's not like this is a scientific fact or anything, you know, it's been proven or whatever, but uh, essentially that's what it's sort of thought throughout this area that the distance from your dungan to where your, your pulse is measured, which is a twin, is the same distance as the middle uh, knuckle, middle, middle section of your middle finger. Well, that's pretty cool. So there you go. <laughs> that's actually, I learned a lot today as well about that. That's pretty cool. I also stuck an image in there for you guys to check out. So thanks for that question. Next is uh, Xiao En. What's the difference between Tai and Gang? There's a very simple difference. Obviously they have different usages, but in the terms of the use where they're very similar, which means something just happened, uh, gang is basically oh, what uh, what the mama, what the mama gang dao, so you know gang dao ying guo la. She's just arrived in in uh, in England. But if I said tai dao ying guo la, that means like it's I'm applying I'm implying that yes, she's recently got there, recent like very recently, which is similar to gang. But I'm in, with tai. I'm implying that she's late. I'm expecting her to arrive earlier or. Um, not necessarily late from, from, in my opinion, but she's just earlier than I assumed that she would be. And that's pretty much the only difference in this context. Of course, uh, Tai has uh, has that meaning, uh, has, has other meanings rather, or other in slightly different contexts. It's not the same as Gang. Um, so for example, Tai is uh, like only 20 kwai, only 20 RMB. Uh, so it's saying that is that is that all you know so again this is similar it's to do with expectations but you can't use uh gung for that for that uh, purpose so that's it that's the only difference there uh, next is evan hall on xiangxin 
in context, so, which means to believe. Now, you can all, as Evan uh, noticed from our example sentences, or maybe he noticed on his own, 相信 and 信 both mean to believe. So why do we why do we sometimes use just the second character on its own? What's the difference? Well, uh, the meaning itself, the meaning itself is the same. It still means to believe. It's just purely the usage. So you wouldn't say 你信我 信我, you wouldn't just say 信我, it just sounds weird. You would use 相信我, 相信我, like believe me. And it's just because I guess that's to do with the language, just the way it sounds, the rhythm, the intonation, that sort of thing. Not the intonation, the rhythm is, is the best way to say that. The sentence, sentence pattern, it just sounds right. Uh, that's about that's the extent of my knowledge there. Whereas on the other hand, you might say uh, 信不信, like do you believe? Uh, whatever I just said, or but you wouldn't say 相信不相信, right? So it's just again that the pattern is just not right. Um, the rhythm, rather. So there are other examples, you know. I just I added a couple there just off the top. Of, just looked at an HSK word list and grabbed a couple. Uh, means to use, and yong means to use. 学习 means to study, and 学 means to study. 生气 means angry or to become angry. And qi also means to become angry or be angry. But and they they mean the same, but they're just the the way that the the way they're used, uh, the context they use is just different. And I think it has a very strong relationship to just the rhythm, the way that the language sounds. And it's just something that's naturally come about, of course. And next we have uh, Stelios T on uh, living links of logic, so more living link stuff. So I put these sort of towards the end of this section. It's like a new section that uh, we're going to add to the podcast because we're starting to get more of these living links now. So we started doing this with um, vocabulary lessons where we've been sort of, we felt that for, for a long time that this was the part that was lacking in the course. You know, we, 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 we didn't teach you guys enough about creating mnemonics for specifically for learning vocab. Obviously, we do it very well for characters. We build entire memory palace systems for that. But um, we think that we, so we've added a bunch more videos about this to the course. And now we're asking you guys to share your own living links. Uh, essentially, mnemonics, way of remembering compound words, as in words in Chinese with more than one character. So here are a few examples that we've had this week. Uh, Stelios said, uh, oh, well, this is actually an example. I just wanted to put this in here because uh, one of the videos that I put in was a way of remembering the word 便宜便宜. Now, this is two characters. Mean, together, they mean cheap. It's very unique usage because it's made of two characters, bien, which is very rarely pronounced pian. It's only pronounced in this context, really, in any sort of common word. And then um, yi, uh so that means uh, appropriate, right? Pianyi. So bien means a bunch of things. It means excrement, but it also means uh, convenient. And I was like, in, in the video, I remember I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, it's uh, if something is convenient um, uh, and, you know, it's uh, then it's appropriate. Uh, and it, something convenient and appropriate. I couldn't, I remember, I can't remember. I couldn't think of a connection or something. I said, well, here's a here's a way you could remember this word. If something is cheap, which is the meaning of the pianyi together, then it's appropriate uh, for you to pee on it, or peeing on it is appropriate, <laughs> which is just, you know, my brain just going off making these connections. Um, 
but it works. This sort of thing does really work. It doesn't always have to have that sort of shade to it. it doesn't always have to be, you know, naughty or vulgar. So apologies. But um, I'm glad Stelios found that amusing anyway. So that's awesome. Next one is from uh, Jeff Johnson for Kamfa. Uh, Kamfa makes me think of artists and perspective lines. So I said, an artist has a way of looking at the world methodically and seeing perspective. So Kamfa means uh, way your point of view essentially, and it's made up of two characters: can to look and fa method. So to the way of the, so essentially the way of looking at something. I mean that's that's fairly. That's fairly self-explanatory anyway, but it's sort of on the borderline in my opinion. So it's definitely worth thinking about making a mnemonic, which Jeff has done, and he's linked it to artists and perspective lines. So said an artist has a way of looking at the world methodically and seeing perspective. Perspective as in, I, I'm imagining like, you know, an artist using his thumb or something to plan out something. Um, and can actually, the character is, has a hand over an eye. So that works very well there. So well done, Jeff. Um, that's a nice way of adding a bit of visual, uh, just a, uh, your own unique perspective, perspective, so to speak, uh, a very unique perspective on that particular word. So uh, the last one here is from Eja. Now, uh, she mentioned she's a coder uh, as well as training to be a doctor and she's been a full time mother as well. <laughs> so she's got a very advanced skill set, very interesting skill set. She says, if you've come this far, which is very far in the course, there's a high probability that you are a software person. And it's really funny she says that because we've got, that is an interesting sort of anomaly with our with a lot of our members. I guess something about the structure of our course tends to really suit coders. Um, uh, so it's very logical the way it's all set up and stuff. So anyway, she says, here's a fun word for you, Manon. And again, I looked this word up in Baidu as I always do, as I say, it's a very useful tool once you can read. Uh, and it took me a while to get it, but basically ma means code, as in bien ma, like the actual word for code or coding, bien ma, and, and ma is that sort of essence of that word. So ma means code, and non means essentially farming, it's related to farming, but in this in this context, in this particular word, it's literally a farmer, a non mean, a farmer, person okay so why coding farmer well this is a cultural thing you know china so you've heard of like twin you know people moving huge migrations of people throughout spring festival which is coming up now uh, in fact by the time this podcast come out i'll be in the middle of spring festival uh, already just gone really um, millions upon millions of people move from the city out into the countryside most of the people live in the countryside in china but they work throughout the year in the major cities or around the major cities, like big ones, you know, like Shenzhen, etc. So that's what happens when these uh, really hardworking and, and likely very, very intelligent and, uh, you know, they've got a bright future and all these sort of things, these, these, uh, these uh, coders, these uh, these co they, uh, they move to these big cities like Nongmin do. You know, they go there to, to learn their trade and make some money and sort of make their name in the industry. Uh, and they refer to themselves as Ma Nong, you know, because they, they come in, they work their butts off like 12, 15 hour days, I'm assuming, um, in order to, you know, be sort of competitive in that market, which is a highly competitive market. 
uh, and then you know they they move back home once they're once they go on holiday and stuff similar to normal so that's what i understood from the one paragraph that i skimmed on uh Baidu. so that's a cool word i guess if you're a coder you'll find it more interesting but uh, thanks for sharing that Ija. so next uh is the final section of the uh, podcast where we go into some movies that people have shared so movies are the way that we learn uh, Chinese characters with the Hansa movie method. It's a, it's about memory palaces. Uh, there's a link in the description uh, if you want to learn exactly how it's done. And of course, if you really want to know how it's done, you can just start a 14 day free trial, which includes like I think uh, 395, so almost 400 lessons, and it will teach you the entire method for free for 14 days, as well as pronunciation and 45 characters. You'll learn how to read, listen. Uh, read, listen, uh, read and pronounce and uh, write any Ch like 45 Chinese characters. And you'll learn the method which you can apply to your own list if you want. Or just stick with the course, which would be easier. So uh, first we have, uh, so we have Nick Sims make a movie for Shu uh, or Shu, depending on what the meaning is. So here it's a fourth tone, so Shu means number. So Shrek is in the bathroom at his childhood home, balancing a bowl of rice, that's the top left component there, wearing a red dress, interesting, that's the bottom left, and tap dancing, so that's the, oh, so you're using an action for that particular prop, interesting. He thinks of a number in his head, oh, and then spins around, five is, <laughs> so spins around times while counting to until he reaches his bedroom. He lays down dizzy, and exhausted yeah i think that's all you need like i think i did something similar with this character you know because a number you think oh well, you know numbers are infinite how do i think of how do i show that well just choose the you know one of the most common numbers that we tend to use which is three or five right you know, one two three or one two three four if you're musical right so um one two three four five yeah so that works absolutely fine because we all know that rhythm inside out, don't we? That rhythm of one, two, three, four, five, or one, two, three, or one, two, three, four. So either way, it will work very well. Nice one, Nick. Next, we have uh, Roland, Roland Koffler. Make a movie for which means new. Let's see how he did with this one. He says, Mum made lunch and calls me, but I can't open my bedroom door. The lock is broken. Shoot it open, my mother cries. The noodles are getting cold. I have my musket in the wardrobe, but it's so heavy and I fear to miss the lock and hit my mum. Oh, nice. Add a bit of suspense and tension in there. When the church bell hit 12, Wiki the Viking, I guess that's your character. I don't know that one. It must be a German one. Enters from the window and shouts he has an idea. He takes the cross from the wall, and I can rest the rifle on it. It looks like this. Ah, oh, nice. And then he shows the character. Much better. I finally target the lock, shoot, and the door opens with the air filled with powder dust. I emerge from the dust and finally join my family for lunch. Victory. That's a fantastic scene. And you made sure to be very careful pointing out the position of the props. Um, I can't think of any issues with that at all. Nothing but praise for that one. Well done, Roland. And next is uh, Luke Eberhard on make a movie for E, as in uh, evil, like clothing. And she says, Isla Fisher opens the front door of my childhood home to be greeted by an unusual visitor wearing an odd mix of clothing. What stands out the most is the top hat, that's the top part of the character, and the Scottish kilt, which she takes a great liking to 
before letting the visitor inside. So clearly this is about clothing, right? That's the meaning. And it, you might, you know, because it's difficult, right? You might think it's difficult because you think, oh, well, every single uh, scene, everyone's wearing clothes. Well, hopefully, <laughs> most of the time at least, right? So well, how do I get clothing to stand out? Well, you make a point just like in movies, right? Whenever something is important, it's focused on whether it's the actor does something with it, talks about it, talks to it, or, um, you know, they the camera closes up on it. And this is what happened in this particular one, Isla or Isla, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but she she's focused on it. She's like, this is strange clothing. Maybe she's touching it. Maybe she's even smelling it. Maybe she's trying to rip it or whatever she's doing. So, uh, and that's, that's that will make it more than enough to make this scene about clothes. So, great job. Uh, Robert Core on Make a Movie for, well, this could be C or it could be uh, D, uh, depending on what the situation is. So... Oh, I think this one's she, yes. As in Gwenxi, relationship. Shakira is in the bathroom of my childhood home and she's using a samurai sword to try and cut and kill the coronavirus spiky ball. Interesting, very interesting, very nice. Okay, yes. So that would be the middle component. Yeah, okay, I got you, I got you now. So the very top stroke is the samurai sword and the little sort of looks like double cocoon kind of thing. That, that means... Um, that's represented by the coronavirus <laughs> spiky ball thing. And then small is Stuart Little. So that, that's the symbol at the very bottom of the character. It means small in Chinese. So Stuart Little, what a great choice for that. So Stuart Little appears and asks her what she's doing and admiring her for trying to protect the world from coronavirus. He offers to help. She hands him the samurai sword, which shrinks down to his size, and he successfully slashes and kills the virus. Triumphantly, they both turn towards each other in slow motion. Uh, Stuart looking admiringly at Shakira for wanting to save the world and Shakira gratefully at Stuart for being there to help. And they both realize it is the start of a beautiful relationship. Well, that's like a, an actual movie <laughs> in itself. So, yeah, that's uh, that was really a, a kind of a work of art there, Robert. Well done. And topical as well. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Stephanie Arapian on uh, Make a Movie for Ting, which means to listen. Uh, she says, uh, Tanya and I are outside in the ENG uh, place, ENG set, trying to fix the food scale. Ah, so scale, I imagine, is representative as a prop of the right side component, which is jin, which is half a kilo in Chinese. It's supposed to ding once it hits a weight, but it's not working. The giant Rolling Stone's mouth, that would be the left side component, is trying to get our attention. Hello, are you listening to me? The mouth bangs on the front door trying to get our attention, but we are totally absorbed. Mouth starts singing, can't you hear me knocking by the Rolling Stones? Great, throw a bit of music in there. Very well done. Uh, nice and simple as well. So you're not listening to him. Um, yeah, that could work for sure. Yeah, so it's not listening, ignoring, so showing the opposite kind of, of the of the keyword. Um, and, you know, the mouth is saying, are you listening to me? So, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, I might go for like the idea of you're trying, you're trying to listen, like trying to listen, because that's the keyword, right? So like, it's best to do the keyword positively rather than negatively in my, my experience. Um, so maybe I would personally do something more like, 
I'm trying to, they're trying to listen, but maybe the mouth is just too quiet or too boring and they keep, <laughs> they keep uh, uh, losing focus or something like that. But either way, I think that would, that would definitely work really well. Kate Gantz on Make a Movie for You, which means rain. So this is a nice uh, visual uh, keyword, right? Trump is in the living room of my child at home. And of course, he has a razor, a towel and four drops of water. Let's see what's going to happen. Trump is sitting on our pool table using a razor to shave. He's also using a towel to wipe his face. But because of the rain cloud that exists only over him, four drops of water fall on him and the towel is saturated. He ends up with shavings all over his face, mixing with orange makeup. <laughs> what a mess. Lovely. Yeah. And again, four things can be quite hard to remember, but similar to, uh, you know, with that idea of, uh, rhythm, you know, he's like one, two, three, four, you know, one, two, three, and maybe, and he reacts to each, each one, one by one, uh, then it should be pretty easy to remember. Next is Rick Santos on Make a Movie for Gu. I believe that's first time. Yeah, Gu Jia, right? Yeah. Gu actor wants to sell his great grandfather's wooden trunk for an estimated price, Gu Jia, of $400. It has been in their family for generations. So he puts the trunk outside the entrance of the null set. Chuck Norris, the male sort of man component on the left, enters the scene and wants to buy it. But he suspects the price of the trunk is a bit overestimated. It's a, it's a bit gal, the old, the old Diago is a bit gal, gal jia, for just something below a century. He wants to get it appraised. Gu Ji, Gu actor, assures Chuck Norris that since it is undamaged conditions, the estimate the, is reasonable. Moreover, Gu actor pulls up a certificate that is certified appraiser, uh, Gu Jia Shi himself. Nice. So, yeah, that's a really good one. That's something that you could try doing as well, uh, listening to this, watching this, um, incorporating, thinking about compound words that are coming up in, if, if you can, you know, if you're aware of them, uh, maybe incorporating those ideas into the scene. That's a really interesting idea, Rick. Uh, obviously, it's a good scene as well, um, as usual, um, and a nice, unique twist on that. So well done. Thank you. So that was the last message for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening or watching. And I hope you got something out of my answers or something out of this entire podcast. Clearly you have if you listened this far, right? Uh, and if you have listened this far and you're not on the course or you've never tried our course before, the Mandarin Blueprint Method, you really should give it a shot. Uh, I believe it's the best thing out there at the moment for learning Chinese as a single resource. And, um, you know, we, we can start a 14-day free trial from our website and have full access to phase one and pronunciation mastery for 14 days. No strings attached, no credit card, anything like that. So give it a shot. And uh, thanks everyone else for uh, listening. I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.